Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Joshua Beck and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Joshua Beck. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck. Dr. Beck and I have been doing this show for almost a year now. It's been great to work with him, and we continue to do so. He is board certified in family practice. You find him at the WellMed Clinic on Loop 410 in Centerview uh, here in San Antonio. And Dr. Beck, we're going to talk in just a moment to uh, one of the WellMed physicians who is very knowledgeable about uh, epidemiology. He's not only a, an MD, but has a degree in epidemiology. And we're going to talk uh, about COVID-19, the uh, coronavirus that is just ripping across this country. In your clinic, have you had any patients who have tested positive? No, we haven't. You know, we, uh, WellMed has designated, and we can ask Dr. Ahmed, you know, how, how, how they're doing things, you know, with WellMed in Florida, but uh, we have extended hours clinics here locally in San Antonio, and uh, we have designated those clinics as being the clinics where if we have a patient who the patient service call center calls us and is deemed to be high risk, uh, meaning, you know, they've answered, you know, some yes to some of the screening questions, or they come into the clinic and they're having respiratory symptoms and and they're running the fever, then we usually direct them uh, to the respiratory clinics, and that's where they do the testing and the evaluation to determine whether or not, you know, they require the testing for coronavirus or whether it's just a, you know, routine upper respiratory infection. And so, you know, we can see those patients, regular, you know, non-designated clinics can see those patients patients if the patients refuse to go to the respiratory clinic or let's just say you know they uh, happen to come in and you know maybe they have a cough but they're missing some of the questions you know they don't have shortness of breath they're not running a fever um, or they failed to mention that they were having a cough and a fever then uh, we can pick it up but to answer your question no we haven't seen any any yet well let's jump to the woman radio hotline and joining us from Florida is Dr. Osman Azi Ahmed. He is a WellMed medical director in Tampa West Shore in Florida. Dr. Ahmed, thanks for coming on WellMed Radio. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Obviously, uh, whether it's Florida or anywhere else in the United States, uh, people are talking about, they're concerned about the coronavirus, COVID-19. And I'm delighted to have you on because in addition to your medical degree you earned at Cairo University in Cairo, Egypt, you've got a doctoral degree in public health at the University of Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and very knowledgeable as well about epidemiology. So talk to us about, you've written a couple papers on COVID-19 and the epidemiological side. I love to say that word. It uses every mouth part you can possibly use, epidemiological side. Tell us what you found and what, uh, uh, what we should be aware of. Uh, I found uh, so many interesting features of the virus that, you know, A, it's a novel virus, so uh, no experience with it for the populations in general. And B, it has a very high rate of spread among populations. So if we compare it to the flu virus, for example, um, one infected person with flu can transmitted to about 1, 1.3 people. And this virus can go up to three people. 
So one infected person can give it to three people. And then the other thing is the method of spread, which is really, it's droplet, but it can also live on solid surfaces for up to three days. Um, Things like um, plastics, three days too. And maybe in the air, it stays up for three hours or more. And it's not affected as as the myth uh, that a lot of people think. It's not affected by temperature. It wouldn't die from heat. It wouldn't also die from extreme cold. So that's what makes it a little bit more unique in terms of ways of spread. And the other thing is this uh, thing we call it doubling time. The doubling time means the time that the virus needs to double uh, the infected people. So if you start with a 1,000, how many days does it take it to become 2,000? And so on and so forth. And the doubling time in in different countries vary. So at the U.S. here, our doubling time so far is around three days, which is very troublesome because we'll have a lot of people infected. Let me ask you a a question, because uh, not a lot of us until recently have spent much time trying to figure out what viruses are and how they work. You use the term live and live, and yet they're really not living organisms, are they? They are living organisms. And the the interesting thing about viruses compared to bacteria is the viruses ended up entering the uh, cell and kind of order the machinery of the cell, if you will, to reproduce the viruses. So what happens is the the virus, once it goes to the target cell, and this time this virus likes to go to one of the uh, cells that line the air sacs that uh, ended up doing air exchange in the lung. And when they go there, they kind of latch on a receptor and go inside the cell and then say to the cell, make me, like make more viral particles. And as a result, the virus ended up replicating itself into hundreds of more viruses inside the cell and then the cell rupture. And as a result of it, these uh, viral particles goes out of the cell. So it's an interesting way of infection uh, go in, into, in the body in different organs. Yeah, so I just wanted to make a couple points real quick, uh, Dr. Ahmed. So, uh, and I would agree, you know, it's a new virus, a new strain, uh, but it does belong to a family of viruses that do exist already, and they're called the coronaviruses. And, uh, you know, many people, if not everybody, you know, at one time in their life uh, who's had the common cold has probably had the coronavirus at some time, not this particular strain, but a different strain. And so this just happens to be a little bit more of a, uh, you know, aggressive strain uh, but it does belong to this, you know, this virus, uh, you know, this, um, uh, you know, uh, umbrella of viruses called the coronaviruses who uh, have been thought to originate actually from animals. And I don't know if you've uh, read, read about this or not, Dr. Ahmed, but they were actually talking about, they were thinking that the, the, for this particular novel coronavirus or a new strain of the virus, it originated from a bat. In, uh, in Wuhan, China. So where exactly or how that uh, transmission occurred, 
Well, let me ask it's you a really quick hard question. to say uh, because we don't build immunity to colds. Mm-hmm. Can you build immunity to COVID nineteen? And so, you know, I think it's too early to say. But some of the, you know, if you read some of these studies, you know, from some of these, you know, CDC, uh, you know, PhDs and physicians, you know, not everybody gets, you know, the severe effect. You know, especially if you're young and healthy and don't have a lot of chronic medical conditions. So there is, you know, and and I'm just throwing this percentage out here because, you know, this is what I read, but about 20% of people or up to 20% will have very minimal symptoms. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't become severe uh, despite having the infection, but they're still able to transmit the infection to other people who can obviously, you know, get really sick. We're going to come right back to you. I want to remind yeah. folks who just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Joshua Beck, is here, an MD, and on our WellMed Radio hotline, talking with Dr. Osman Ozzy Ahmed, who is with the uh, WellMed Clinic in Tampa, West Shore, and he's a WellMed Medical Director. Yeah. So the uh, uh, so what I was what, what I was saying is uh, you know so these patients who, you know who these people you know who who get the virus and don't get uh, symptoms you know or get minimal symptoms you know one of the one of the theories is that they're exposed you know that they've built up some kind of you know immunity from day to day coronavirus exposure and you know other viruses uh, you know and that that may be a reason why not everybody gets deadly sick. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we are exposed to the common cold, especially if you work around a lot of people or you work in healthcare or you work with kids. And, and, and so those people, you know, for, you know, may be, uh, a little bit more tolerant and their immune system may be able to fight it off a little bit better than, than, than those that don't. So, so Dr. Ahmed, in, in your look at this and, and speaking as an epidemiologist, uh, this is a pandemic. It is worldwide. Uh, have you been surprised by how quickly it's spreading? Yeah, it's very surprising that, uh, again, it goes back to the uh, what we call reproduction rate, which is the one that I talked about initially. Right, in the lungs. Is, is, uh, yeah, it's, very, it's a very fast spreading because of the ability of the virus to go into so many people. That's why we say social distancing is important because... It's a, it's a rate of infection is each one will get it to three. And you can imagine if you keep the three going and you multiply them by three, 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 then it gets uh, in a very short time a lot of cases. But I think the other thing is you guys touched on is the uh, fact that, you know, it's, a, it's part of this family of viruses. There are about 200 viruses in the coronavirus uh, kind of family of viruses, and four of them uh, uh, give people common calls. And uh, that's why people ended up not building immunity, because you can get one type, and then next year you get another type, and the year after you get another type. And usually immunity fades away for these type of things, uh, antibodies that the body kind of uh, secre- uh, uh, forms, uh, run out in about eight months, maybe eight months, a year. So that's why people get infected a lot of it. Uh, what's different about this virus and the other two that preceded it, the SARS and the MERS, and then now this one, is they, they jump from animals to human beings because the other 200 viruses really live in animals. So the majority of this viral family live in animals. These three ended up coming either from a bat to an intermediate host, like a pangolin or something, 
and in China, and then jump to human beings. Um, the other two also went to a camel or some other intermediate host as well, like a civet, and infect people. So the fact that they live somewhere else and they keep propagating themselves into uh, in animals before they infect human beings makes their cycle a little bit different than just being a cold. And the second one is really the antigenic structure because it's kind of mutated over time. It's a kind of a very strong virus that instead of just go into the upper respiratory tract and cause a little bit of uh, symptoms like, uh, you know, like a cold, like a runny nose and some cough, it ended up going into the lower respiratory tract. It ended up going to the lungs in a very short time. And as a result of going into the lungs, it depends if you are immunocompromised or you're old or you have another disease that you can get more severe symptoms and you can get shortness of breath. And as a result, you um, are very prone to either death or a very critical situation that you ended up being needed to be artificially ventilated, like we're hearing a lot now in the news that there might be some, you know, need to treat some people who are uh, having comorbid conditions, they are old, they are immunocompromised, treat them very early in the course of the disease and ventilate them very early too. Yeah, and uh, real quickly, another point, another two points uh, are that, you know, for example, the flu, uh, you know, the flu, the incubation period is about, you know, anywhere from a day to four days, three or four days. The incubation period for the, for this strain of the coronavirus can be up to two weeks, which is why you have, you know, people that have minimal symptoms or no symptoms have up to two weeks if they're infected to infect other people. So during that time, and they're contagious. That, they're contagious and they're infecting other people, not knowing that they're infecting other people if they have minimal symptoms which is why it's also spreading so quickly. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. If you just joined us, you listen to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, is here, and we're talking on the WellMed Radio hotline with Dr. Osman Ozzie Ahmed. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number, and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. You're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM. The Answer, I'm Ron Aaron. Along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, he is a family doc. You find him at the WellMed Clinic at Loop 410 and Centerview here in San Antonio, Texas. And from Tampa, West Shore, down in Florida, we're talking with a WellMed medical director, Dr. Osman Ansi Ahmed. And we're talking about uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus. And we got to the point uh, talking about how this differs from many of the other coronaviruses that are out there. And Dr. Ahmed, you mentioned that this jumped from an animal to humans. Can we infect animals the other way? Uh, Do our viruses sometimes jump to animals? 
Uh, so far, we about this virus, it's not known that we give it to animals. So the the, the reverse is not true. And, once and I think the majority of zoonotic diseases, the majority of animal diseases that inflict humans, um, they go one way, but they don't go the other way. From them to us. Yes. Now, as you, as you look at, and you mentioned that uh, the elderly uh, who can be uh, uh, at high risk for this, uh, it turns out that if you look at the numbers of those who are infected and the numbers who have died, they're every age. Yes, it is a, a widespread, uh, but I think the current theory about why they happen sometimes that some younger people die of the disease, they might have also comorbidities, they might have some other diseases, or the other thing that we're finding is probably vaping and doing smoking and things like this in younger ages make their lungs more susceptible to the effect of the virus. I think when you think about any disease, you need to think about what makes populations less susceptible, more susceptible. Part of it, again, is this herd immunity that happens that gives people a lot of you know, antibodies that are spreading all over the place and people, whether from shots or whether from something else, ended up giving them, uh, spreading them widely and giving them to each other. So people develop immunity that way. The other way of developing immunity is you uh, get sick uh, with anything that, you know, you build some uh, antibodies against the infection. And I think, again, when you're thinking about very brand new virus, it's very difficult to understand the natural history. And we are really learning a lot of things about this virus as we go, because there's no experience in human populations with this virus. Yeah, they don't come with a guidebook. Yes. (laughs) As you think about spread, and we've talked about how quickly it has spread, uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, and you mentioned it early on, the, the idea of social distancing. We've learned a lot about uh, the curve, the bell curve that uh, shows when this virus may peak. And one of the goals is to lower that curve and to spread out over time of uh, the numbers of infections. Uh, how are we doing at that? Do you know? I think we are not doing a very good job in the United States. And I think if you compare us to other countries, uh, that's because of so many factors. Um, that these countries did a better job uh, controlling the virus. So, for example, Asian countries like Japan, Singapore, China, um, and even Taiwan, Hong Kong, they did a much better job in flattening the curve. And how they did it, it's like each country has uh, different ways of, of tackling this problem. All of them have this social distancing and some sort of uh, kind of a semi-quarantine for different groups of people uh, within the country, different cities like happened in Wuhan. And even Japan ended up uh, forbidding people coming from other places uh, into Japan, so they decreased importation of cases. Um, Social distancing proved to be one of the best methods in order to really decrease transmission. But when you think about social distancing in countries that um, have, like, freedom of mobility and and different personal freedoms, 
are so valued and one of the tenants of living uh, and existing in these places, it's a very hard thing to do compared to countries that traditionally ended up being um, sort of you can easily institute things and everybody in a society and everybody will follow you because they are these countries are used to these kind of regimented, structured uh, response from the government, and they do it. They well, it. if you don't follow, uh, they kill you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so it is very, it's very punishable there. And here, you know, how can you institute things like this without having, like, sometimes we have a backlash. And I think the problem in the, in the generally in the world that we have four countries, for example, have more than 50% of the number of cases in the whole world. And these countries are U.S., China, Spain, and Italy. These four countries have more than 50%. These countries' population has less than 30% of the total world population. Same thing applies to the inside the U.S. We have four states, California, Michigan, New Jersey, and New York have half the cases too, and uh, or a little bit more. And the population is about something like under 30% of the total population of the United States. Um, I think this pattern is intriguing to me and a lot of these things, especially inside the United States, point to the fact that when you are in densely populated areas, like big cities with the high population uh, counts, and also when you use a lot of public transportation, things like that, then there is a chance to transmit the virus amongst other people and being highly contagious, you have a lot of people that are being afflicted with the disease. So it's, a, it's kind of like fire. It's spreading like fire. Over the weekend, uh, there was some coverage of a large evangelical church that defied the suggestion of not holding services, and they put a 1,000-plus people in their sanctuary uh, uh, to hold their services on Sunday. And you have to wonder who's thinking about social distancing when you do something like that. I totally agree with you, and that's one part of the controlling the virus is really uh, controlled places that people aggregate in, that especially larger number of people than expected, that you ended up thousands or hundreds of people in a very confined area. Um, and you kind of, as if you are having a petri dish of like cultivating the virus and giving it all the opportunity to spread amongst other people. Add to that that not everybody is symptomatic, like we you know, alluded to it earlier, a lot of people have the disease, and the interesting thing, the virus shedding, the amount of the virus that's coming out of people in the early phases of the illness are similar to people that are very uh, infected uh, and are severe cases or late in the course. Mm. So Which there's is, no difference yeah. between that makes them, shedding of the virus that early ma- and late. That, that makes them even more dangerous. Yeah, they, and, and they say that, you know, that's why, you know, this, this virus tends to be more, um, more severe for the people that have comorbidities, that maybe that 14-day, you know, incubation period where the virus continues to shed and embed itself in the respiratory tract. 
you know, tends to make it more of a severe infection. They say that this virus tends to affect both upper and lower lung fields, whereas, you know, other viral, upper, you know, upper respiratory infections like the flu, you know, because of their shortened, you know, incubation period, they tend to just infect the upper lung fields. And so this is why this virus can be more severe. And then on the point of social distancing, this is why you hear in the news about the National Guard being sent out to these places where coronavirus is high, like New York, to try to get people to to stay at home and not go out because many people tend to ignore the order of, you know, of not going out, you know, when they should just be staying at home and, um, you know, help us prevent the spread of the infection. Uh, Dr. Ahmed, we've got about a minute uh, left, which is not a lot of time, obviously, but share with us some of the ways, in addition to social distancing, we can protect ourselves from this virus. It's uh, obviously uh, work remotely, stay at home, um, no exposure to large crowds. If you want to go shopping, some places like even grocery shopping, uh, go to that at the time when you expect less people to be there. And uh, the other thing that I think should or, or we see it gradually happening is local municipalities, counties, state level uh, interventions which is more or less some some of it can be a little bit more drastic than others, like, uh, say, prevent uh, travelers from certain areas uh, from coming to your state. Uh, I think Florida, for example, started doing this to some extent, uh, and, preventing or not allowing people from New York coming. And, and to Texas the, uh, is to doing Florida. Texas is doing the same thing. But I'm going to have to stop you right yeah. here. We are flat out of time. I thank you so much for coming on. And as this virus drags on, uh, we'd like to get you back perhaps in a month or so and and pick up from where we left off. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Osman Azi Ahmed, Wellman Medical Director in Tampa West Shore. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Thank you. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.